Hello, friends. Welcome to the Relationship 411 podcast. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Kevin. We've been married for 25 years, and we've seen the best of times, and we've seen the worst of times. We also have four awesome kids who are growing up and leaving our nest. We've loved doing this podcast, and we're excited for it to continue. We don't have it all figured out, but we do have a lot of life experiences. Since becoming a life coach, I'm so excited to share with you the tools I've learned to help you in this journey we call life. Hey, welcome. We're glad you uh, tuned in today with us. We've got a a fun topic that we're going to talk about today that I go back when I was a little kid. I think like every year for Father's Day and every day for Mother's Day, I would give like my mom or dad like the world's greatest dad t-shirt, world's greatest coffee mug and world's greatest mom t-shirt. And it's so funny. Jennifer's going to tell a story in a second, but we're going to talk about just being okay, just enough. So babe, kind of uh, introduce our topic and, and talk a little bit about the gift that our kids gave you. So um, I actually mentioned that I wanted this. It was a t-shirt that I had found through Jody Moore, someone who I really look up to. And um, she kind of taught me this and it's being the okayest mom. So someone created a t-shirt that says world's okayest mom. And I was like, I really want that shirt. And my kids thought that was weird, but I'm like, you know what? I really appreciate that because I think in our world, society in general, we want to be perfect and the greatest and we fall short every single time. And so my kids did. They bought me the shirt and Kevin and I were going to Mesa, Arizona a few weeks ago and running in a 10K. And my daughter says, mom, why don't you wear your t-shirt? I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. That's exactly what I'm going to do. So I ran the entire 10K in the world's okayest mom. And I'm sure people were looking at me like. No, they loved it. Everyone had to love it. <laughs> we, we feel that way, right? Yeah. I mean, people are like, oh my gosh, I wish I was just like, I could just own being the world's okayest that for sure. Yeah. And so, and anyways, as I was running, I'm like, we've got to do a podcast on this because I think it's so refreshing if you can create that mindset for yourself and become the okayest at something. And especially as a parent, because being a parent has a lot, it's hard. And sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves. So, and I think finding the balance in that is so empowering and rewarding and what we all need to do because no one is perfect. We're not going to be the most perfect. And we can't be the greatest all the time because many times my kids are like, mom, like, why did you do that? Or, you know, we all make mistakes. So I think setting your sight on being the world's okayest mom, you're going to have so much more traction and enjoy being a parent so much better. Yeah. I, I think I spent years and if our kids are listening, they're laughed like, really? But I think I tried to be like the perfect dad. And I was not like I, in some regards, I probably was far from it and probably trying to be the perfect husband. And sometimes you, you probably end up going through just the motions because that's what you need to be to be the, the perfect one. But I missed the mark so much is that, yeah, I might have showed up to the, all the basketball games and baseball games and gymnastics and dance things and art things and helped with homework. But like I did it maybe emotionless and maybe I wasn't even connecting with everybody. And so it's like, well, what would I rather be? Like, check all the boxes to say, great, I got it all done as the perfect one. Or I want to be connected with my wife and be connected with my kids. So I just missed it. And I think we do that sometimes as we're seeking this perfection quest that we uh, we miss that. Yeah. And I think, you know, looking back, we, we had four children in seven years. And so they were all, you know, growing together. It was a lot. 
in my mind, it was a lot for me and being overwhelmed and always like, okay, I'm never enough. I never, I can't never keep up on the laundry or the homework or, oh my gosh, like I didn't wash your pants. Can you just wear dirty ones? And, you know, just all these things and beating myself up for it. And, you know, had I known this principle, which I didn't, but now that I see that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was doing the best job I could. And I think owning that now for me has actually made me a better mom and a better wife because I don't have these unrealistic expectations of myself. And when I just do the bare minimum some days, I'm like, great, that's awesome. But then some days I'll do above and beyond. And so it kind of all balances each other out. And I think it just leaves so much room for grace and compassion for yourself and for your partner and your kids. And as a spouse, I think I probably fed that sometimes in a negative way. Well, I know I did. If we did have dirty pants or the laundry wasn't done or what do you mean it's it's five o'clock, we don't have a dinner plan or whatever. And, and I don't think I said that like that, but I think I certainly probably felt you that. Implied it. And implied it. Right. <laughs> yeah. saying, I probably implied it and I certainly felt that, but I, I wouldn't use those you know exact terms. And then you felt that and it just reinforced how you were feeling. So I just kind of fed this ugly beast of like, I'm never enough as opposed to saying, you know what? I did pretty good today. Like I'm, you know, it's pretty yeah. good. We, we tell our kids, babe, think about, we tell our kids all the time. We're going to get into this now as like some things maybe we've learned. But one of the things we tell our kids, and I really believe this, is to say we're doing the best that we possibly can in this exact moment. There is no manual on being a parent. Like they're just isn't. Yeah, when they're born, they don't come with a book. This is how to raise this particular child. This is how to raise this child. It's like, you know, especially your first through your last. I mean, it's trial and error a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, it's like driving a stick shift. It's like how much is too much gas and how much is too much clutch and turkey jerky. And I love how you said it's not the same for each one. And sometimes maybe we do that. One size fits all. Like, well, I raised your brother this way and I'm raising, you know, your sister this way, and all of a sudden you realize now they're completely different human beings with different desires and passions and drives and all of that. So, so it's interesting. You know, sometimes I think you could think, oh, well, then you can't have rules or expectations for your kids, and that's not right. And you might have a list of 10 things, you know, that you want to get done that day or for your kids to do, and they get two things done or five things done. Acknowledge that instead of focus on all the things you didn't do. I think that's so empowering is to practice on acknowledging what you did do that day instead of focusing on what you didn't do because that helps you stay in, I'm the okayest mom or I have the okayest kids. And it's a positive reinforcement. Yeah. And you, know, you can get a lot of um, quick reaction with negative reinforcement, but it doesn't last as long. Yeah. The positive reinforcement, like people want that. They want that praise. They want that acknowledgement that I did something well today. And so I think as a parent, I, I think you're right. I think we can, we've tried to settle down a little bit and just realize, you know what, th this was good. Like yeah. what, this was, this was good. And I think one thing when you were saying that, um, one thing I think I did do good is we didn't do a timeout chair. We did a good decision chair. And so when our kids made a poor decision, like fight with their brother or sister or do something that we were trying to help them not do, we had them sit in the good decision chair for a minute or two minutes until they could make the right choice. And they they would quickly get out of the chair and, you know, you got to hug your brother because you hit him or whatever. And 
I really, I liked the idea of that. I don't know where I heard that, but years ago I did. And I still think that was such a better way because I didn't want to be yelling at my kids all the time or trying to break up fights. So I helped them see like making a good decision, good choices could lead to more, try to be more positive. So I think, you know, of course we make rules and guidelines for our kids and that's still okay to do. But then when they fall short or you fall short, to have compassion and grace for yourself and then acknowledge when you make a mistake, like, hey, I know I just totally lost it on you when you came home 30 minutes past curfew and I'm really sorry, like I did that or, you know. I didn't show up the way I wanted to. And I'll tell you a story that happened with us with that. I mean, gosh, I could probably fill up this podcast with stories (laughs) of times that I was terrible, but. Um, one that just kind of uh, was quickly, I remember, was when one of our kids were younger. And when they were little, little, like to get their attention, like we kind of like, I'd, I would, I would smack them like on like their diaper or something like that. And to kind of just, you know, give yeah. them a pop, like if they did something wrong, like they would get their attention. And then I remember one of our kids did something, I'm like coloring on the wall or whatever. And I just was probably in a really bad space. And I remember I spanked him like one big swat, like hard. And it must have hurt like bad. I still live with that to this day. And I remember hitting him at that moment. And I thought, I will never, ever hit, you know, my kids again with that. And it wasn't like I'm abusive. Like, you know, (laughs) wherever the child protective services don't come to my house. Like, it wasn't that. It was just a swat. But that was a swat out of probably anger and frustration. And... I look at that as to say I was I had that learning moment, and I just have to say, you know what? As parents, we lose our cool sometimes with our kids. That That's a reality, and you just kind of have to say that's part of being the world's okayest mom or dad. Yeah, and I think, you know, recognizing it is the first, becoming aware, like, oh, this is what I did. Figuring out why I did that, what's going on for me, because it has nothing to do right. with your kid. I mean, yeah, they, I might, have, they yeah. might have misbehaved. They might have done something that's against the family rules or whatever. Right. But showing up like that is not going to help. Yeah, the punishment didn't fit the crime. Right. And so I think as an adult, because we are supposed to be adults, and we have to figure out, okay, what is it going on for me? Talk about it with your spouse. Don't have judgment for yourself. Just figure it out. Yeah, and I'll tell you another one that happened. I mean, again, I could fill up this podcast (laughs) of like ways I've just screwed it up. But we were on a trip, and uh, one of our children had some really, just a really bad depression moment. And uh, we were a very, very long way from home in a different country. And this child just kind of broke down. And I'm sitting there thinking, I don't know how we're going to get out of this country. We are 50 hours probably from being home. And we have to go through all this security and testing and different things. And, And I just remember telling this kid, like, is there having this depressed moment? I was like, you better pull your shit together. Like, we are not having this moment now, you know. That was not the way to show up. And, you know, you stayed back with this child and and hung out with this child. And I remember thinking about this all day and I came back and just said, hey, you know what? I didn't show up like I wanted to. And I didn't acknowledge your your emotions. I handled it incredibly poorly. I actually threw gasoline on the fire. I might just owned my stuff and tried to see it from his point. And I think that kids really appreciate when they see that parents become vulnerable and say, no, I screwed up in that. And that that helped me become 
you know, an okay dad. Yeah. And I think it humanizes you like, oh, my dad's, he's not perfect. Cause sometimes I think as kids, we think our parents are perfect and never have made a mistake. I know ours don't think we're perfect. <laughs> they, our, our kids definitely don't. But I think sometimes that is a thing, right? And I think learning to apologize, just like we want our kids to apologize when they do something wrong. As parents, we need to be apologizing to our kids because we are not going to show up the right way many times. And I think that builds trust and connection and they're going to be able to tell us things maybe next time that they didn't feel comfortable telling us when we were angry. Yeah, they um, you model that. You model what an apology is and what an apology isn't, you know, with all of that. And I think one of the things that we've tried to do too, maybe when we were younger on, as parents, we didn't do as great of a job, but we do better now. I'd say it's quick comparing. Yeah. You know, just quick comparing how somebody else parents and how their kids seem to all be, you know, track stars and they're the captain of the football team and the debate coach champion and whatever else that it is. It's like, you know, quick comparing because we really don't know what goes on behind the scenes. That could come as a price. It could be that great. We have all of this, but like we're a powder keg ready to explode at our house. Or there could be such tremendous anxiety going on because of this tremendous pressure that's going on. Or there's no connectivity between the parent and the kid, and the kid can't wait to get the hell out of the house. It's like, so just quit comparing your style with somebody else's style and how they seem to be an amazing parent and like why you suck and all that. Just own Yeah, because there's really no right or wrong way to parent. It's just whatever way works for you and your family. So if you're comparing, you're not that person. You don't have those kids. You don't have that husband. You don't have their job, whatever. Like you're comparing. It's not apples to apples. And so you're going to lose every time. So instead focus on, okay, this is how I want to be. What kind of parent, mom and dad, I want to be. This is how my kids are. And work with that. You're going to be so much more successful and have so much more to contribute to your family and to being a mom or a dad. And, you know, it was interesting on Sunday, we were talking to our kids about, so we, a while ago, when they were first going to school, we had the opportunity to get into a charter school. And, you know, I thought that was the most amazing thing. I didn't really love the public school, charter school. This is awesome. So we got involved in this charter school. And, and we were all in. We like, were all, all in. in. I even opened a business selling school uniforms. You and were the PTA president. I was on years, the board. Yeah. We were, I was the room mom for all four kids yep. every year, did all the things. And, you know, I really tried to love and support that school, donated, did everything. And now talking to them years later, they're like, mom, you know, all these things, how their, their viewpoint of the school. It was a bash fest on Sunday. It was so funny. It was. And I was like, wow. Like I, here I thought like, oh my gosh, I'm sending my kids to the most amazing school. And it was in some regards, but it was also not in some regards for each of the kids. Each of the kids had different needs and wants and desires. And I don't know. Probably at certain points, I probably wasn't open to any of their thoughts. No, we weren't. At that time, we were not. I was all in on that. We knew better. Yeah. And so only one of our sons ended up leaving in eighth grade to a regular junior high. And um, anyways, just so interesting to see that. But I was like, okay, wait, I'm not going to take this personally. I told the kids, I said, look, I did the best I knew how. I 
I owned why we did that. And, but it also helped me realize like, okay, like I sometimes get so focused on something that I think is amazing that I need to really figure out, okay, is this amazing for my kids? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We, we've done it with music lessons. Like our kids are all playing the musical instrument and we tried piano, we've tried violin, whatever. Cello. Cello. <laughs> I mean, oh my goodness. Like we've tried them all. And guess what? Like one of our children developed as, as a talent for music and the other ones do not, but they all enjoy music, you know, and so that's okay. I think, uh, so what I hear you say, babe, is that to kind of be the world's okayest mom and dad, you, you need to lean into it a little bit and just say, I'm just acknowledging that I don't have all the answers. Um, I can certainly turn to God and try to seek some inspiration. I can read some good books. I can talk to other people. But at the end of the day, it's like, I'm just trying to do the best I can with the information I've been given um, at the time. Yeah. And don't get so set in your ways that you're not willing for feedback or conversation with your husband and wife. And I know a lot of couples fight over this about how they discipline, how they do this or that. And like maybe have more conversations been realized like there's not a right or wrong way to do things and know that you're going to mess up no matter what. And you know, it's, it's okay. Yeah, it's true. I think one of the things we've also tried to do is about being vulnerable about our past and kind of humanize ourselves. And we've talked about this a little bit, but I'll do a little deeper dive. Like I had way more of a colorful background than you did. Um, although I think you, I think you did, you just don't like to admit, but you know, I just think that to talk to the kids, I try to remember to say, look, what was it like in junior high? What was it like in high school? What was it like with those things? And certainly it's a different, more intense world today, but at the same time, it's like, there's a lot of things that rhyme about it and you can kind of feel what it was like to go to a junior high dance and like how awkward you felt and like. You didn't know how to dance with somebody or, you know, the gym smelled like a sweat box and, you know, and then there's girls that wanted to be there. I mean, my point is if you can humanize yourself and tell stories, some of the things that we've done, we've told stories with our kids when we were first married and how we had like a table from the 1950s that was in our apartment and how we saved up money then and bought chairs and then we bought a table and, you know, we washed our dishes by hand because there wasn't a dishwasher when they see all that, it's like, wow, you were normal. And like, you didn't like grow up just living like you do. And you'd tell them like, no, I screwed up, man. Like I was in the principal's office a shit ton. Mm -hmm. And you had, I, the assistant principal knew me well. Like we had I a was great never relationship. in the principal's office. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Unless I was like volunteering or something. Oh I yeah, know. exactly. I know. I know. We were, that's what attracted <laughs> you, babe. I'm that bad boy that you, you married. But I look at that as to say- totally. There, did you just say totally? <laughs> okay. But I look at this as to say, you know, just just be vulnerable. Yeah. Remember what it was like to be them. Humanize yourself and tell stories about what it was like maybe in high school when you didn't yeah. make the team. Like if they think yeah. you always made the team, you're like, what happens when they don't make the team? Like they're a failure. You're like, no, no, no. You know how many teams I didn't make? Like you just kind of own it. Yeah. And I think it's so valuable to have our kids learn these lessons when they're at home. We have to, our kids are going to fail in their life and it's okay, but have them learn those things. Sometimes we want to bubble wrap our kids and as parents like, okay, no one's going to get hurt. No one's going to be sad. We're all going to be happy. That's ridiculous. Like that's not even being human. So let them feel all the emotions that they're supposed to feel and let them have those 
experiences so that we can help guide and direct them. And the other thing I was going to say with... So um, really fast with that, babe, it's like what you're saying is don't, don't bubble wrap them so they don't make mistakes. Help them to learn from their mistakes and, and to get yes. through their mistakes and not even just mistakes, but just life. Yeah. It's like, you know, stuff happens to all of us. And so it's like, if we try to protect you at all cost, what happens when something does happen? It's like, I've never prepared you to deal with something hard in your life. Yeah. And I guarantee you things are going to happen. That's yeah, just life. That is we're, life. That's why we're here. And the other thing I was thinking about is when... You tell your kids, sometimes I think people are like fear of telling their kids their mistakes, that then their kids are going to go, oh, I'm going to tell them I drank alcohol in high school. Oh, that means then if I tell my kids, then they're going to start drinking. No, that's not correct. That is wrong thinking. It could happen, but it also could be like, oh, wow, this is what happened to my dad. And I'm for sure never going to do that. I hear that more times than not is that, you know, I talk to our kids about in high school you know, I used drugs and alcohol and, you know, and, and cleaned up and found religion. And I look at all that to say, you know, they, they I think, are just the exact opposite of to say, like, I don't want to do that. Like, my dad tells me some stories that were pretty crazy, and I don't want to go repeat that. And then they can see other people that are kind of destroying their lives with it. And so I'm with you is to say, I think just to make yourself out there as this real human being, it, it brings so much more connection and, you know, we've had some great talks like in the hot tub, you're just kind of sitting out there um, in the hot tub and just talking about life or whatever else. And I think, you know, you quit going through the, the motion of the checklist and, you know, where should this conversation happen and when should it happen? And uh, instead, just let it happen naturally, I guess, as a parent and just be a human being and realize that they're human beings. And by doing so, I found we've just become more connected as being the world's okayest yeah, parents. Yeah, that's so true. So I would encourage all of you listening to try to embrace, instead of being the perfect parents, the greatest mom and dad being the world's okayest mom and dad. If you want more relationship tips, get on my email list, lifecoachgen2.0 at gmail.com, or go to my website, relationship411podcast.com, and sign up for a free consultation to get more personal help with your relationships. As always, follow us at Relationship 411 Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And remember, we promise to give you the 411 about relationships. So you don't have to call 911 for yours. 